you know, when I pause like this, it's because I sense that God is doing something. It's important for me to say that to you too. You know, I sometimes I realize that I just pause, but and you may not know, but I, I, I sense that God is doing something. He's speaking to someone or he's he's doing something intricately on the inside of someone or he's speaking to me about just the direction of this service and I, I say that because you you know this God orders things I mean he designs this all has a flow you know this all has a purpose it's just a rhythm of grace and we, we we seek that we're contending for that that's what we want that's what we want to see accomplished in these in this time that we have together and so on your end the important thing for you to do is to just open your heart to receive to quiet everything else that may be pulling at you or trying to distract you for the time that God deserves right now, right? I think we can all admit, we understand that it happens for all of us. But to just open your heart to be ready to receive what it is that God wants to deposit in you, what he wants to change, what he wants to do, what he wants to birth in you, right? Think about it. Don't you believe that God wants to do that for every one of you while you're here today? I do, absolutely. Or why are we here? Right? Just open your heart to receive whatever that is that God is wanting to move on your behalf in today. Speak to you. Let Him change you. Let Him love on you. Right? Let Him love on you. This life of a believer, this Christian walk, following Jesus, you know, it's a supernatural thing. It's a totally supernatural thing. Think about it like this. When God saves your soul, you believe on Jesus as your Savior and the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, where you spend eternity is changed forever. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're walking with the nature of God living on the inside of you. What's natural about that? Nothing. <laughs> That's totally supernatural, right? When you go to be with God in eternity, or in heaven for eternity, worshiping Jesus, seeing the angels, the gates, pure and perfect, no sin, that's totally supernatural. So why would the in-between part be any different? The life of a believer is a supernatural life. Everything about it from beginning to end, it's, it's authored and finished all in a, by a supernatural God. There's nothing natural about it. So as we walk it out, as we live it out, you know, we 
stands to reason that we would be sustained by some sort of supernatural power and equipping and grace along the way to, to, to do that. And I, I, I'm saying all that because, like, to me, being here, feeling the presence of God like this today, sitting in this and just knowing that lives are being changed, potentially eternity in the balance for some people. That's all a supernatural thing. Nothing natural about it. But the life of a believer, yes, supernatural, can also be totally attractional. Right? Totally attractional. To the point where what God is doing in us, what he's changing in us, how he's shaping us and molding us to be more of who he is and in his image, is totally attractional to the world and the lost that don't have that, that desire that in one way or another. for you know that a believer is seeking out in their life is just the steady flow of the wisdom of God the wisdom of God in our lives and it's very supernatural because you know sense knowledge if you will is acquired and attained just, you know, through our own minds and through our own experiences, uh, the things that we see or hear, taste, touch, feel, things that enter through our senses. You know, we, we learn and we build our knowledge from that. But wisdom that the Bible talks about cannot be received that way. It's imparted to us by the Spirit of God in a supernatural manner. And we seek the wisdom of God as we walk our lives out because we know that we need that in order to fully achieve what Christ is endeavoring to do through us in our lives while we're here. We need wisdom from God that we cannot attain on our own through books or lesson plans or just whatever it may be. Right? I'm just going to kind of go into the message from here. And Molly, if you want to stay up here, you can. I think this feels great. But in... Uh, Go with your in your Bibles with me if you have them in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm speaking about wisdom today. But I, I, I spent the time just saying some of those things because when I think about wisdom, to me it's really important and critical that from the very get-go that people grasp the fact 
that, that it is supernatural. That wisdom that the Bible speaks about, that we're to seek, seek and search for, isn't something that we acquire or attain by going to some university or getting some degree or going through some apprenticeship program. Or, you know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's something that God supernaturally just imparts to us by His Spirit. It's like a channel that comes from heaven into our spirit. And God is giving us that wisdom necessary to walk out the things in this life that He wants for us. And we have to have that. But we cannot attain it by any other means than seeking a holy God and being an open vessel willing to just receive what it is that He wants to impart to us and how He wants to do it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 9, it says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we, thank God, have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now that's a lot to take in right there, but it's certainly giving us a great understanding of the fact that this wisdom that we search for, that we need, that we seek, isn't accessible by any other means other than a divine impart impartation, right? But we understand that we're to seek it and we know that our life, this is a supernatural walk that we're on and we need supernatural things for the journey. And the wisdom of God is one of the most important things that we have along the way. Divine revelation and knowledge from our Creator, knowing the things already. I has not seen nor have entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for the, those who love Him. We don't have an understanding of it. God does. But He can impart it to us by His Spirit, right? Knowing the how and the when and the where behind everything that He has planned for us. And so we're pressing in to, to this, this wisdom. I, it says in Isaiah 55, verse 8, uh, it says, Your ways are higher his ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, right? So God sees things from an elevation, from, a, from, a, from an atmosphere beyond and above anything that we rest in in the natural. And so we desire uh, for God to show us and to reveal to us and, and impart to us His wisdom about our life and about the things that He has planned for us and about the promises that He is giving us. And as all of those things just continue to flow into us, we become more and more, it's like the well that we're drawing from is unlimited, right? It's never going to run out. And we can just continue to seek Him and rely on that source and go to that 
And there's nothing else that replaces that. And when we get it, when God's pouring into us, it just completes us more and more and more for the work that He has for us to do in this life. It helps to fulfill and accomplish more of the purpose that God created us with before we were ever even born. So we get a picture of how that steady inflow of just God's wisdom and His knowledge makes us more equipped, right, and, and able to carry out this supernatural life that He's called us to. And no way of pursuing knowledge by any other traditional means is going to be able to get us there. I think that's good. I think that's good. Thank you very much. I just feel like we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of get going here now on this in this message, okay? You guys with me? All right. So no other means of pursuing godly uh, wisdom, no, no no pursuit in natural uh, form is going to do that for us. We can attain all the knowledge in the world, right? We can be university scholars. We can have all of this worldly knowledge, but it doesn't serve the purpose of what the wisdom of God serves in our lives for illuminating the things that God wants to do in and through us and giving us a picture of how God is seeing things for us. I think about, there's a quote from the famous uh, basketball coach John Wooden he says it's what you learn after you know it all that really counts right it's what you learn after you know it all that really counts I keep trying to teach my wife this but yeah no no but it is really true because when you start pressing into the wisdom of God when the wisdom of God starts steadily flowing into your life you start really realizing how much you don't actually know Right? I mean, you start realizing, yeah, the things that you uh, put faith in or confidence in as far as worldly knowledge goes, they start to just kind of take a back seat to what the wisdom of God brings into your life and the clarity and how it illuminates things and how it empowers you for the journey to the point where you just start to desire and crave it and want to seek it more and more and more which is exactly what the Bible compels us to do, right? In Proverbs chapter 1, I believe it is. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Sorry, I'm jumping around just a little bit here in the way I laid this all out. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. The Bible says, Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. She raises her voice in the markets. She cries at the head of the noisy intersections in the chief gathering places at the entrance of the city gates she speaks. Proverbs 8, verse 1 through 3 says, Does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on the top of the high hill, beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates and the entrance at the city doors. Solomon, the King Solomon, wrote the book of Proverbs. And he is the one who's famous for when God was going to give him anything he wanted, 
First Kings chapter 3, God says, you know, you've, what is it? And he, God understands that Solomon is going to reign as king, son of David. He's going to reign as king over the people of Israel. And he's saying, Solomon, you can have anything that you want. This is an interesting opportunity, right? In a way, I believe what God is kind of doing is he's saying, okay, I'm calling you to, to, to fulfill this role as king over my people, and I'm giving you the opportunity to, to, for me to grant you whatever you really feel is the most important thing you're going to need for what you're getting ready to walk out in your life. And Solomon answers with one of the most profound responses that we draw from Scripture. Instead of anything like wealth or riches or fame, he says, grant me the ability to discern so that I may judge your people. Basically, he's asking for wisdom. And God is so well pleased with his answer and so just blessed by the way he responds that God grants him wisdom beyond any that man had ever received or ever would receive. But what's amazing is that everything you could ever imagine or hope for or ask for, as far as fame and riches and wealth and influence, all of that just began to flow and pour into Solomon's life from that point on as a result of him being bestowed with the supernatural wisdom of God in his life. God was giving him knowledge, insight, and discernment that he as king could never attain or achieve on his own. There's an important lesson here in this. We know wisdom is screaming in the streets, yelling, come get me, you need me, you have to have me. God is saying, seek it. It's here. We know that wisdom is available for us. James chapter 1 says that God would grant all who seek wisdom, he would grant them that with liberally and without reproach. But the key here is that God doesn't tell Solomon he has to have it. He doesn't force it upon him here. He lets Solomon realize, for what I'm called to do, I have to have wisdom from God. And when he asks for that, God is so pleased and he gives it to him. And Solomon begins to walk out everything from that point on, right, in a powerful, profound, influential, discerning type of way. And so God is telling us in his word that we have to have this supernatural wisdom. We have to, we have to receive from the Lord the, the insight and the things that, we, that are necessary for us to be able to complete this life that he's calling us to. But God is looking for us to seek it. He's looking for us to run for it, to desire it right? To seek after it. It says in Proverbs chapter 8 that she is more, verse 11, wisdom is better than rubies for all of the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. We have to seek it. We have to want it. We have to desire it. But God is ready, willing, and able to provide and, and to let that flow into us on a steady basis as we walk through this life seeking to just fulfill what he's called us to in this life. To see God's purposes and plans come to fruition for our lives and not our own. Understanding that we need wisdom from heaven and nowhere else in order to really be able to walk that thing out 
properly. And God is ready and able to do it anytime, anywhere. But receiving wisdom from heaven, you know, sometimes it's not exactly the way that we anticipate. Think about this. Let's say that we're taking a trip. This is just an analogy, okay? But this may help us think through this. Think of, so let's say we're taking a trip and we're headed somewhere and we get lost. And so we ask the question, where are we? Where are we? We think that's the question we need to ask. And God is wanting to get us through this thing, but he doesn't directly answer the question to where are we? He doesn't say, well, you're in South City. But God opens our eyes to maybe some of the terrain that's around us. Oh, I know, I know that highway. I know where that highway goes. Oh, I've seen those trees. Those are only in the south. Oh, I, I, I know we're in the desert somewhere, right, because there's a lot of dry ground here. And then we begin to come to conclusions because we see and we're, we're realizing, okay, I know where we are and I know how we can get out of this thing. And so I would say that a lot of times the wisdom of God comes to us that way. It isn't a direct answer to specific questions necessarily that we think we're asking God for answers that we, this will help us. But God begins to open up the windows of heaven and just pour out that wisdom from him to us. And it, it broadens our eyes and our thoughts to where we begin to see a little bit more and think a little bit more like God thinks. And then we have the faculties and abilities to start to navigate forward and move through things in this life based upon what? Not on some concrete information or knowledge that we just got out of a book, but because God opened the windows of heaven and began to pour out some of his wisdom into our spirit so that it could make us ready and able for the journey that he's called us to. Right? And that is a very powerful thing. So the Bible tells us in, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus says, He says, Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. By every mouth that word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Proverbs 3:18 says, Wisdom, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happy are all who retain her. So think about this where you're comparing spiritual things like wisdom to physical things like bread, okay? He's saying man cannot live by bread alone. Now physically we need food to have energy, to have sustenance, to be able to keep on moving. We're only going to go so far if we take a journey before we have to eat and replenish ourselves, right, and get our energy back up or we're done. We can't keep moving. And, and Jesus is sort of comparing that analogy of bread to this idea of spiritual knowledge or the, the words that proceed from the mouth of God, right? He's saying, look, you're not going to make it through the spiritual life, the supernatural life that God has called you to, that if you are a believer, you've already stepped into, right, in one degree or another, and you're walking it out. You're not going to make it through this spiritual life without spiritual sustenance. You can eat, man cannot eat by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So there's an idea of steady nourishment, of steady uh, replenishing, of steady uh, you know, nutrients or whatever, what you have you, that we need, that God, his wisdom is giving us 
as we move forward and continue to seek and desire that, and God faithfully gives it to us and blesses us with that. Amen? Amen. You would starve spiritually without it. You would starve spiritually without it. To complete, let's say, the the purpose, to see the purpose of God for your life fulfilled, it is, you cannot separate that from the steady flow of God's wisdom into the life of that believer over the years that they're here on this earth. You can't separate those two things. God's wisdom is necessary for all of the things that he wants to do through us and in our lives. All the great and mighty things that he has planned for us, they, they, they happen and they flow out of his strength and his empowerment, but there's that steady flow of his wisdom pouring into us as we move along so that we are capable to some degree of being able to see a little more like God sees and think a little bit more like God thinks so that we can view our lives from a better vantage point or place where, where God, like where God is viewing it from. Though we never could fully attain that place, that's the idea of what wisdom is doing for us. Jumping back here to my point about there's nowhere in this earth that you can attain that except for God supernaturally imparting that to you. Job chapter 28 is a, I, I love this, these scriptures, and it starts in verse 12. But Job, he's, he's, he's asking this question about wisdom, kind of theoretically, right? But it starts, he says, where can wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. Wow, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me. And the sea says, it is not with me. It cannot be purchased for gold, nor can silver be weighed for its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir and precious onyx or sapphire. Neither gold nor crystal can equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewelry or fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or quartz, For the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. Powerful stuff. Look, if I were just to sort of paraphrase, boy, you can't say it better than that, but if I was going to paraphrase, just say, look, you can't find it in a book. You can't go to school for it. You can't go get a degree in it. It doesn't go to the highest bidder. You can't purchase it with the greatest wealth in the world. But you and I, as children of God, are right here freely able to receive it at any moment, at any time. Think about that. It's nowhere to be found in the deep of the deep. The furthest places that you could think of in this earth, the hardest places to get to, you know, you remember those movies where, like, the guy's looking for the meaning of life or something, and he's climbing, like, he's scaling this rock cliff, and his fingers, like, he's losing fingers from hypothermia because it's getting so cold, and he finally gets up, like, to the top of this little bitty rock that's as high as you can see anywhere in the mountains, and he goes into, like, this little hut, and there's, like, you know, Yoda or whatever is sitting there in front of the fire, and he's like, I'm looking for the meaning of life, you know, and whoo, and it's like, 
It's crazy. I mean, that's crazy. It's right here for you and I. It's free. God's wanting to give it to you. And he can supernaturally impart it to you because his spirit resides in you if you are a child of his. And he can give it to you at any moment, at any time, in any way that he sees fit. You don't have to scale the largest mountain in the world to have it. I love that. I love that. You just have to desire it more than rubies or gold. You have to, basically, you have to place the value on it that it deserves in your life, right? Look, since knowledge, it all fades. It all fades in some capacity. Think about all the things that people knew to be true years ago. The world was flat, right? It is absolutely flat. You're going to fall off. It's not flat anymore. It's round. I mean, there's things that we think right now that we think are scientifically true that 50 or 100 years from now, if we're still around, we're going to laugh that we thought that. And that's been the case throughout all of time. Knowledge fades. Sense knowledge, it just fades. It's just, it's vaporous. There's nothing solid to it. But the wisdom of God is timeless. It's timeless. It transcends the realm of time. What was true, what was God's wisdom thousands of years ago, it's still the same pure, perfect, true wisdom of God today. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8, it says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the wisdom of God, what? Stands forever, forever. Proverbs 14.33 says, Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. When God pours his wisdom into you, it's timeless. It's timeless. It may be applicable now. There may be things now at this moment in time that it's meant to do. But it's timeless. The wisdom of God is filling up in you from the unlimited wells of heaven, just filling up that well inside of you. And you walk forward empowered and just filled with more of God's thoughts and his ways. And it's an unbelievable, amazing thing. When it's flowing steady in your life, you just, you just devalue everything else a little bit more. And you just hunger for that wisdom that God can give you that you can't get in any other place. And all you do is ask with a faithful heart and you just know and, and understand that God is giving it to you exactly as he sees fit, how and when and where it's supposed to be. He has the perfect plan for our lives and we trust that his wisdom is always available and flowing into us in the exact measure, in the exact details that's necessary for where we are at those moments in time. But just let it flow in. Let it fill that tank up inside of you and then you just draw a cup from that well whenever the times come where you need it and it'll be there for you. Mm. Hallelujah. Since knowledge is helpful in ways and times, but wisdom is better. Wisdom is better, and it's more, uh, it's, it's from heaven, it's from God, and it's more of what we must seek 
in all manners in all times. I'll just close with this. James chapter 3, verse 17. It says something really awesome about wisdom, and it's almost like the test for wisdom, if you will. Because, look, I'm just going to be honest here. Sometimes people think that they're hearing from God and that they're receiving things from God, and they're not. (laughs) And it's important that we realize that because... It can be misleading. It can be misleading for us and if we think we are hearing from God and we're really not or if other people we think are hearing from God and they're directing us in a way where they're really not. Can I just be real for a second here as we kind of wrap this up? James chapter 3 verse 17 gives us a very good picture of a test that wisdom will always pass. It says wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And I say that to you because I have held what I believe to be wisdom of God over this on many occasions and it not passed that test and I can I can know if I'm hearing from someone else or I think maybe I'm hearing you know from God and there's something if I say you know what there is there is a stubbornness to the way I'm I'm doing this you know no there this is not I'm not this is me carrying this out I'm not willing to yield on this thing I'm not is somewhere along the line I am I am getting something off right and so this picture of, of how God shows us that wisdom uh, holds up, I think is important for every believer that's seeking it and desiring it, pursuing it, to always be able to just grab hold of and know. It is, it, I see, because it can help us avoid getting off track or getting off course or stepping into the wrong places sometimes or the wrong things. Right. Let's stand to our feet and Molly, why don't you come up here?